Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping. And that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements. Featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. You're listening to After Law, broadcasting from the beautiful South Berlin, except no South Hello dear listeners, welcome to Akdung Millwall, my name is Nick Hart, joining me for this um, well, it was a special edition, it's a slightly unusual edition, it's, it's the man himself, it's Mr Neil Fissler, how are you Neil? Not too bad Nick, not too bad, uh, I think we're going to try and put one or two little uh, things to rest in the next hour aren't we, over who's a Millwall legend and who's not a Millwall legend. Yeah, it's kind of the subject never quite goes away, I find, Neil. Um, we did a show um, a few months ago now, back at the uh, start of the summertime last last year. Um, we did a show and um, I thought we, we tried to approach it in some with some form of structure. I think that was the way we tried to uh, to, to look into it. But it's, it's, a, it's a subject that kicks around. There's been a bit of an online debate recently, I suppose, with the West Brom away game. Uh, there are youngsters out there, Neil, that um, are under some kind of delusion that Jed Wallace falls into the category, not of being a very good player for Millwall, but of being a Millwall legend. And I, this this show kind of sprung out of that debate, didn't it? Yeah, that's right. Uh, yeah, but let's be honest. If some, if anybody can convince me that Jed Wallace is a Millwall legend, I'll start using pronouns to describe. <laughs> That is some promise, listeners. That is some promise, believe me. Yeah, if anybody knows me, they'll know that, uh, oh, mate, I I think sometimes the word legend is banded around too much. I know we said it on the last uh, kind of legends show that we did. Yeah. Somebody said this is two people who really know what they're talking about. Well, yeah, well, that's open to debate, really, wasn't it? Uh, but uh, but, but somebody did make a good point. People see legends in their own eyes, don't they? The younger generation will think of him as a legend. Yeah. But in, but in an historical term, yeah, he's not. No way. No way, shape or form. And what we're hoping to do here is... I think uh, I set as a task, didn't didn't I? Of uh, you did twenty um, uh, a squad of twenty five, which I think is roughly probably about Millwall's squad size. Would you say at the moment in that in that region? So yeah, Neil set us the target of trying to come up. We've both come up with um, twenty five odd names. I mean, I, I think I think I was about twenty four on my my list. Neil's done twenty five, I think. 
um, with the intention of creating a classic all-time Millwall squad, if if that's um, if that's one way to put it. I mean, just going back to your point a moment ago, Neil. I mean, everything is a matter of opinion, and you know, my opinion, your opinion, anyone that does a podcast, their their opinion is no higher or lower than anybody else's. It's it's always going to be subjective. And I found compiling my list, you have to you have to set yourself certain parameters, certain rules, if you want to put it that way, as to who you're going to consider and who you're not going to consider and why because otherwise you're just floundering around for your favourite ever players, which is one approach. I can't knock it. But um, I found when when we did the previous Legends show, I tried to approach it with some form of structure then. I probably loosened it up a little bit on this on this occasion. And I think, just to reinforce your point a moment ago, Neil, there is, there is a strong magnetic pull towards the players that you've seen yourself. And uh, just looking at your list before we go into it, You've you've approached, I think, as you put it online, from a historian's point of view, that there are you know obviously some players from before your own time you you, you won't have seen, and without doing research, which requires uh, some effort, some access to resources, it's kind of difficult to know too much about the players of the past. We we try to scrape the surface of that a little bit on these shows, don't we, to try and look a little bit deeper, perhaps. And I think between us, we've we've touched on that. I've probably gone a little bit more modern in my uh, names. You've gone further back in your case. Yeah, yeah. It, it's a, yeah, it's not an easy thing to do. This, you, you would think that, yeah, come up with a Millwall Legends squad of 25 and you think you could do it in minutes. But it's not the case because you try and weigh things up in your mind. And, yeah, we'll come on to it when we eventually start going into it. But there are players that you can make a case for that that you've actually had to leave out, and it's it is probably the most difficult thing I've done <laughs> as far as these shows are concerned in a little while. There's an awful lot of repeating of the names. So yeah, we've we've tried to approach this, listeners, from the point of view of putting some structure to it. Neil has gone in for. Um, probably a more complete uh, look back at players almost from the, the the very earliest days of the club, back in the 1880s onwards. Um, I've tr- probably favoured, Neil, more modern players. One thing i found doing this um, is, a, is there's, a, there's a strong pull, almost a magnetic pull, towards players that you know and have seen and have rated, you know, personal favourites in a sense. It's quite hard to take the emotion out of it. I think maybe that's what often... The conversations we have online with, you know, not knocking people saying Jed Wallace particularly, because I think, there's a, a, you know, there's, there's, there's a, I can understand why some might say that, but um, it's quite hard to take out your own personal emotions from a list like this, isn't it? Yeah, it isn't easy. It is not easy to form this list. I think it took me a couple of hours and you get the basis of your players yeah. and then you start having doubts in your mind, should this person be in, should that person be in? Uh, and things like that. And we'll probably touch upon some names that haven't made it, but probably you could easily make a case for for being in. I mean, one one thing I've found 
on this occasion, and I didn't do this on the previous show, listeners, but um, I, I looked at the numbers of appearances. Now, I'm thinking about it last night. This is the kind of thing I go when I go to bed, I think about, listeners. Um, modern players play more games, really, than um, you know vintage players, if that's the right term, because you've got more competitions and just the, the volume of numbers of games played in the modern, modern uh, football scene are just larger. So um, I have probably favoured numbers of appearances um more than more than maybe i tried to do last time so but i'm also aware thinking about it that will favor modern ish players to some extent but i've tried to balance it in some way anyway let's get into the list because um we've tried to approach it um as a squad so we've both come up with three goalkeepers um three classic names in in both cases really when i when i look at the two um, and as so often with these kinds of list listeners, you come up with the same names over and over. So, so Neil, you've you've gone for your three goalkeepers here: Brian King, Casey Keller, and Brian Horn. Um, and my only my only addition, my the only one that veers away from that is David Ford. When Brian King, um, I think we we mentioned him on our previous show as a, as a legendary figure because. He was probably, in, in, for me, looking at it emotionally, the best goalkeeper I think I've seen in a Mill shirt. I think he's probably the best goalkeeper this club's ever had, uh, which is a very, very big statement to make. Uh, he's somebody that uh, was unlucky not to be capped by England, made, a, made an England squad, uh, was yep. very much part of arguably a key component of probably the best Millwall squad or certainly one of the best Millwall squad sides that we've ever had, the one that narrowly missed out on promotion to the first division. 71-72, yeah. And uh, he should have gone a lot further in the game, but stuck with us, went to Coventry, uh, suffered a back injury and had to retire. Yeah, and went on to make a life outside the game. So, the, you know, he's got on just reading his biography in the uh, the Mill Who's Who book, which we will be referring to. And you may even hear the pages turning, listeners, as I, the, as I, as I look up the various players. But, yeah, I mean, he, he went off to Scandinavia. I think he's worked on TV. Scouted for virtually um, every Premier League club going. Yeah. And, and a very likeable bloke. I mean, I... You know, many many fans will know Brian. I've I'm, I've got him on my mobile phone. You've certainly got him on your mobile phone, Neil. He's a very affable. He's still very much a Millwall player, and um, one of the most endearing parts about some of these ex players is they yes, love the club, he don't they? comes over regularly. I know that he's done yep. podcasts with you. He's done podcasts in other places, which is yep. how uh, I first interviewed him. I was doing a piece yeah. for the league paper. Uh, emailed him out the blue and was speaking to him 20 minutes later. That's what kind of bloke he is. Still very much. Uh, he's very grounded. Very, very, very approachable. Yeah. And just an all-round decent bloke. Yeah, absolutely. And I would agree with your statement about him being... It's certainly the best I've ever seen. And that is a big statement because I'm just looking at your your other choices here. You've got Brian King, obviously, Casey Keller, wonderful, wonderful goalkeeper, American goalkeeper from the early 90s. Um, I suppose um, you have to try and choose listeners and it's kind of difficult. So you have to try and... I've, I've favoured players um, from the, the landmark squads for me were 
1971-72, and then obviously 87-88, the, the near-miss promotion season of the early 70s, and then the, the glory of the achievement of it in the late 80s. Um, and Casey Keller came just after. They were relegated back to the, the second tier when, when Casey arrived. But he was a personality. He was one of those big kind of... All of our goalkeepers have been personalities, and Casey was very much in, out of that mould. He, he kind of dominated proceedings when he was on the, on the yeah, club. Yeah, he, uh, <laughs> he, he was probably a bit too good to play for us. Didn't he go on and play for Tottenham and uh, one or two teams like... Yeah, in Europe... Um, well, he can be uh, and he's played for Spurs. Yeah, Borussia Mönchengladbach, um, Spain, Valcano, Rio, um, various places. He he, he kind of travelled the um, you know, the highways and byways of very, very intelligent player, very, um, very intelligent man. Yes, uh, speaks highly of the club. Even now, I think if you uh, if you ever listen to, I think I think he's done a couple of podcasts. Like Millwall and uh, yeah, so certainly mentions Millwall seems to be in love with the. With the culture. I think he. I mean, like a lot of. I mean, we we obviously get, get different subject, but we get a lot of uh, US fans, a lot of US listeners to this show, uh, a lot of US fans coming over now to the den. I think one of the things that probably Casey found, especially talking about early nineties, Cold Blow Lane, Neil, but even to this day, it's it is such a culture shock such a different approach to sport at going to Millwall than it is in the US sense, isn't it? I mean, it's just a completely different feeling. And I think that you either love it or you or you can't take to it at all. And, but Kelly, uh, Casey seemed to love it at the den. Yeah, no, he did. And I think that shows. And uh, yeah, no, just an all-round fantastic goalkeeper. But one of your choices could easily have made it in. And then there's one that, we haven't put in, and that's Alex Stepney. But I don't think he played. But I don't think he Stepney. played enough games. I think he became a legend after he left Millwall. Well, he won the European Cup with Manchester United, and, yeah. and I suppose you know we'll come yeah. back to other players later on in this list. Teddy, you know, who, who would go on to great things um, at Manchester United again in Teddy's case. Um, but no, I mean we, we, we've left a, we've left a few out. You have to leave some out. With, so you've got here Brian King, Casey Keller, and a, a mutual choice in Brian Horn. Um, one hundred ninety-six appearances, eighty-six to ninety-one. Um, a member of the first division squad. I mean, for me, it's very hard to get past that achievement. Neil. I mean, the seventy-one, seventy-two side, which I remember, um, is a landmark. But it's very hard to get past that eighty-seven, eighty-eight squad, just for the fact that they they, they made it to the promised land. Which is uh, the only team that's right, Mill. and uh, he was a key part of that squad, wasn't he? And and another big personality. Yes, guy who's always available if you want to do interviews, podcasts, and whatever else with him. Yeah, absolutely. Um, another another player that injury hit, didn't it? didn't he? You know, he he, he kind of. Obviously, you know, he had the career with us, and then he went on to other clubs. But injury rather took away his. Yeah, his, his I think he years. was actually. Uh, was he the last goalkeeper we've actually produced for ourselves? I think he is, isn't he? To make any impact, I suppose. Yeah, otherwise we've signed the the other names really, haven't we? They've come in from outside, and I think Bryant. You could be right. I'd, I'd have to check that, but it sounds and feels like a like a correct statement. Um, 196 games, um, and yeah, uh, 86 to 91, classic years in the in the club's history. 
Um, and a Millwall boy, really, wasn't he? You know, he's, he, again, another player that you just get an evident love of, of the club. Um, some players love us. <laughs> We're like Marmite. Some love us, some don't. Um, but Brian very much, very much did. Um, he's, he's played on in the non-leagues. And I think he does corporate kind of um, work for the club still. He's, he's, yeah, he's also a... Uh, he also arranges games. He's a... FIFA match agents or something. So I think he, I think he has a hand in bringing some of the foreign teams over. Now a player that I went for, which um, you yours were Brian King, Casey Keller, Brian Horn, and I, my addition there was David Ford, um, two thousand eight to twenty sixteen, three hundred and thirty nine games. Irish born, obviously um, played for his country. Twenty four caps to Republic of Ireland. Member of the twenty ten playoff winning side um you know you can't re- it's, it's a hard one to choose from because I, I i love ford he was another personality he dominated proceedings and he had that, that very millwall uh he's a big man he's quite a peaceful guy when you speak to him i had the pleasure of um, interviewing him during the um lockdown period um but you wouldn't want to get a right hander off him as the as the phrase goes on the terrace he's a big big guy yeah absolutely he, he give us spoke to him about uh about that infamous league cup game over uh, uh west ham and he was in the middle of it loving it seats are flying and all sorts and you, know, you can actually think that he's actually getting a bit turned on by all of this <laughs> from, from, <laughs> I mean, he made his name in, in Irish uh, Gaelic sports. Not not an area I know much about, listeners, but um, all I've ever seen of Irish football, Gaelic football, is that it's, you need to be able to handle yourself on the pitch there. It's it's not a, not a game. No, it's not. And Neil, is it? He is a player that you could easily make a case. You're making a case for him being in any Legends squad. And I think it was so, I was so close to putting him in. Yeah. So close to putting him in because he was such a good goal. Prone to an error. Loved an error. (laughs) Uh, But went on and became a Republic of Ireland international with our club. uh, 24 24 caps for the Republic. That's that's no mean achievement. Um, It was quite late in his career. He was a, you know, he he was a mature man when he came to us and... Went on after, uh, I think injury probably caught up with him in the end, as, as often is the case. Um, he went to various clubs after after Mill. But um, another player, you just get a sense, was, um, you know, loved the club. Absolutely. Loved I it. still think he lives local, doesn't he? Still lives in uh, the South East London area, Beckenham, somewhere like that. I didn't know that. I didn't know that. That, that wouldn't surprise me. Member, of course, of the famous 2010 uh, 1-0 win over Swindon, triumph at Wembley. We did a badge for it a few years ago. Um, player of the year in 2014. So um, he makes a very strong case for himself as, as a legendary figure. And I, I, I wouldn't take it away from him, that's for sure. Um, having seen all three of the, all, all four of those goalkeepers, actually, Keller, Horn, King and David Ford, I still think Brian King was the player that was the best if I'm going to pick one, but um, it's a very hard choice because they're all quality goalkeepers with their, you know, strengths and and and, uh, and, and yeah. weaknesses, shall we say? Um, but David David Ford, great, yeah, great, yeah, exactly. Yeah, Brian King's probably the best for me. But if somebody of a younger ilk was to say David Ford or 
somebody like that, you could yeah. you could almost you could almost live with it, couldn't you? It's Absolutely not Absolutely. the case. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, and King undoubtedly is the best goalkeeper this club's ever had. Although some people might say Stepney, but I disqualified Stepney from my thinking. And the fact that he was more of a legend when he left Millwall and went to Manchester United. Very unlucky to be playing in the same era as Clements, yeah. Banks. Uh, Banks, uh, yeah. Um, Shilton, I know he's Corrigan. Yeah, there, there are many, many great goalkeepers around at that, at that time. And... Um, uh, yeah, I mean, it was just a difficult time to break into an England national side that um, was probably, you know, we didn't qualify for the 74 World Cup, but uh, that maybe would have taken away a chance for, for Brian to, to get into it. But he did, he appeared for an FA representative 11. It's not quite the, an England cap, but it's it's, it's a, a near a near miss, shall we call it. Um, that was a trip to Gibraltar, I think he I think he said when, when I interviewed him. So the, uh, and also Brian Holman, uh, England under twenty one goalkeeper, I see, and player of the season in eighty seven. So you know, these these are great names. These are great goalkeeping names. Flexibility is great. That's why there's yoga. Flexibility for your insurance coverage is great too. That's why there's United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, United Healthcare Insurance Plans offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. One of these plans may be right for you if you're, say, between jobs, coming off your parents' plan, turning a side hustle into a full hustle, or even missed open enrollment. Want more flexibility? Find out more about United Healthcare Insurance Plans at uh1.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Achtung, Mailball. Now, just to move us along, because we're trying to approach this as a squad, listeners, we're obviously going to pick out seven or eight defenders each here, Neil, and uh, there's a bit of an overlap. Um, so I'm going to go with your list first of all, um, just to name them all. So we, we'll go through them afterwards. Uh, Keith Stevens, Rhino, Harry Cripps, uh, Barry Kitchener, uh, Alan McCleary. Now, you've gone for Matt Lawrence, which is interesting, and... A player from the past, I, I, I probably didn't give enough credence to Dick Hill and Joseph Wilson. So, shall we just run through those those names here? Names that I will know off the top of my head. Obviously, Keith Stevens, a club absolutely, in my opinion, purely, purely, purely at 1989, purely for 546 appearances for Mill Football Club. However, you define the the term legend, the sheer amount of contribution that one player can give. There's only other one player that's got more. That's Barry Kitchener. Um, and a member of two promotion winning sides, 85, 86, and for me forever, the landmark 87, 88. So, 
strong, strong case for Keith Stevens, Keith Rhino Stevens. Oh, I don't even think there should be any doubts. I think anybody who doesn't think Rhino's a Millwall legend, they ought to be really hung. Public be kicked off the top of one of the stands with a rope around them because there's absolutely yeah, there's absolutely no hope for them, is there? Let's be honest. Yeah, let's be frank about it. And I think if you took a poll of a hundred Millwall fans, you would probably find ninety nine would come up with Keith Stevens' name. I think the first Three or four on my list. There's probably no doubt about it. No, I've got the same. Um, Rhino um, won a football league trophy in '83. I'm just reading his bio here, and of course, members of the two promotion winning squads. Um, Kitch, we've we've touched on many many times. Yeah, named after him. That's all that needs to be really said. There isn't it. <laughs> I mean, hey, you know, what, what more do you want? 602 appearances, 28 goals, 1966 to 1982, a member of the 71-72 squad, and promoted in 75-76. A very, very impressive season on me and the young me as an as a early Mill fan. A legend. No, I don't know what else you want. Um, same also with this other name here, Harry Cripps, Neil. I mean, I don't think there's much dispute over those three names, Kitch, Rhino and Cripsy. 447 games, 40 goals. And I've forgotten how many um, promotions he was. A, uh, Harry was a member of. 61-62, 64, 65, 65, 66, 71-72. So, he's, you know, he's, he's taken us through the divisions and... Become an iconic figure yeah, in the process. Yeah, I think in that last show, Nick, we did. You well, one of the one of the things you came up with was the embodiment of Millwall, and it's something that we do yeah, often yeah. speak about. A Millwall player, Harry Cripps, was yeah. a Millwall player. And even I, yeah. I didn't see him play. I was far too young, uh, but. I'd love to have seen Harry Cripps play. I'd love to. I'd. I'd love to have been at his testimonial that night against West Ham. <laughs> I was. I was too young to be. It was a midweek Monday. I think it was a Monday night. I think. But anyway, it turned into a rough house as the old boys that used to stand next to me on the halfway line used to call it. Turned into a rough house. We'll leave that that there. Um, but yeah, an embodiment. I mean, I. I, I it's a very hard thing to define what that means. There are just some players. We'll come back to Terry Hurlock later in the conversation. Another embodiment of the mill of Millwall, and for that reason alone, they they get the uh, you know the tag of, of being a legend. Um, a player that you've mentioned, and we've both come up actually with Alan McCleary, and I think he's a lesser mentioned player in these terms, Neil. And I don't know why. Um, probably wasn't a spectacular player in the in the in the, in, the, in you know in the way others were. But my word, what a, what a contribution he made to our club. Alan McClear, 1982 to 1988, with Keith Stevens also managed, of course. Let's not forget that. And laid the the, um, the groundwork for a promotion-winning squad. Um, two spells as a player, 413 players, 10 goals, a member of the 85-86 and 87-88 promotion-winning squads. Um, he's got as strong a case as anyone for the term Mill legend. And I think if you were... Forming your legends team, he wouldn't make it. Uh, let's be honest. But if you needed, given in a wider squad setting, which is something I've tried to look at, I've mm. got 
Obviously, Ryan Oka plays centre-back and right, started his career at right-back. Cripps would be your left-back, wouldn't he? And then, well, then you yeah. yeah, your other yeah. centre-back. And then if you needed a squad player or two, Alan McCleary would definitely be in any Legends squad. He'd be on the bench looking to come in like Sean Hutchins for the last 10 minutes to close out a 1-0 lead. Yeah, well, absolutely. If you, he, um, he, he, very, very useful player. Very underrated player. Probably had chances to leave us, but stuck with us through the bulk of his career, the best year of his career. Yeah. Yeah, he went to Charlton for a while, I believe. I should have opened up the book and had a look. But um, he, he's a Millwall man through and through, local boy, and would come back to manage with with uh, with Rhino, of course, in our third division days, League League uh, League One at their level. Um, now you've all, this is an interesting choice you've gone for, and I think we've probably both gone for interesting choices as we go through our defensive. Uh, names because each of the ones we've mentioned so far and there have been probably fairly consensus. I don't think many, many would, would veer away from any of the choices. Uh, but you've gone for Matt Lawrence, Shaggy, and um, I've gone for Paul Robinson um, for, I don't know, different reasons perhaps, but I think I probably favoured Paul more as an in, for his contribution. He's a member of the 2010 squad um, and 361 appearances and that's over uh, 14 years, 2001 to, to 15. Um, but that's not to demean Shaggy because he was a wonderful player. I a member of the uh, promotion winning squad in, in two thousand and wasn't he? And I needed a right back, so I so I looked I wanted a right back and to my mind doesn't get the credit that he deserves. You speak to players from that era, from his era. And um, what a fantastic yeah. player Matt Lawrence was. Didn't let us down at all. No. Uh, not no. spectacular. Not spectacular. Uh, captained us in an FA Cup final, which I think nobody will ever do that again in a hurry, will they? Uh, Took us into Europe. <laughs> yeah, played, into, played with us in Europe and was... He wasn't a spectacular player, but a very, very, very steady seven, eight out of ten every week type of player. Another very, very intelligent man. Yeah, yeah. A degree in American literature. That in, that impressed me no end when I read that in the Match Day programme. When I first saw that, that he'd, I think he'd made a study of an author called Charles Bukowski and that he'd won his dissertation and won his degree on that. And that really impressed me because when he took his false teeth out, he looked like um, like Dracula, didn't he? You know, he was... He had, he, had, he had a kind of a Millwall streak, but he was also very, very, um, I don't know, vaguely intellectual. Absolutely. And Shaggy? It, it, you can make a case for any of these. You could easily make a case for Paul Robinson, who I would probably have put in my squad if I hadn't put Joseph Wilson in, who I think was one of Millwall's yeah. first ever legendary figures, according to those that know more than I do. I'm going to have to look him up, listen, so the, the, the rustling of paper is me looking up... Oliver and Mr. Creasy, my learned colleagues in writing the Millwall Who's Who, they, they called him one of our early legends. So, so, so that was good enough for me. And uh, Joe Wilson, Joseph Wilson, shall I read, read the bio? So we've got... Um, 
He was a centre half, nineteen oh nine to nineteen twenty. So, uh, yet another player whose career would have been um, severely uh, curtailed by the First World War. 290, uh, 289 games, 36 goals. That would have been Southern League football. Um, played for Wigan, Darwin, Blackburn, Millwall Athletic, uh, then Rochdale. Uh, Joe was one of the first legends in Millwall history. There's, there's that word. Uh, the first legends, one of the first legends in Millwall history. Reasonably tall and rangy with exceptional heading ability. Uh, he was skipper for most of his time at the club and the club's penalty taker. He signed along with Jack Martin, was selected to play for the Southern League, uh, London, and was a reserve for an England trials match. Uh, Joe was an FA London FA Challenge Cup finalist in 1911 and won the Cup in 1915, won the Kent Senior Shield in 1913. Um, after returning to his native Northwest, he worked as a railway wagon builder. How about that, listeners? There's a different um, era. <laughs> I wonder if Oliver, Oliver Burke will give up the Insta career and go and build um, for the, the, the RDA. Company go and work or RDA. Yeah. yeah, but then again, he'd probably be just as poor at that as he is on the yeah, on the wing, rather than the, the clothes. <laughs> Joe Wilson, Joe Wilson, that's a great choice, um, and that's come from the club's historians, uh, Mr. Creasy and Mr. 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 Sullivan. Um, and we've read it out. So, I mean, I can't argue with, with Joe Wilson when you read that, that, that account there, Neil. Um, it's very hard to compare players of that era with the modern game, really, isn't it? Because if- Absolutely. And um, it's probably unfair. Yeah, this is just a fun thing. There's no right and wrong. That's unless you want to do Jed Wallace in your legend squad and then I'll... <laughs> yeah, well, then you're <laughs> completely <laughs> wrong. And uh, But no, it... yeah, we're just adding a little bit of context. Players that wouldn't normally be in the conversation. Dick was somebody I think we mentioned. No. Did we mention him in one of our history shows? Dick Hill, we've covered we've covered Dick Hill in the previous some of the previous we're gonna mention him again here because when I'm just reading his um his uh, biography it's it's the same point, Neil. Um, these these players came from a different era. These were players that whose lives have been um, affected by war. You know, I mean Dick Hill here he's um he served in the Grenadier Guards in the Great War, which is quite something, isn't it? Um, spotted playing for an Army Representative Society was Jack Fultz, long-term partner, won an England cap against Belgium in 1926. And crucially, I think here, was a member of the 1927-1928 um, Division Three South uh, record-breaking, title-winning side. Um, he finished his career at, 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 uh, at Torquay. Um, and... Uh, you know, a major figure. I mean, uh, 200, 392 games uh, as a left-back, Dick Hill. Um, same point, really. Um, it's quite hard to compare a player of that era of the modern game. But um, anyone that went through the First World War and came out the other side clearly uh, had had Millwall kind of... Uh, yeah, there was a touch of luck involved, uh, wasn't did. there, with coming out the other side of it. <laughs> Honest, it's, uh, absolutely, absolutely. But no, you have to played for England back then. They only played five or six internationals a season, if that, didn't they? And um, they didn't give caps out willy nilly. <laughs> you had to earn your cap back then, and you had to have a no, trial. No. Generally, England trials, and no. yeah, very, very deserves to be in there. Interesting choice and, and, and a good choice for a legend because it, it, we keep coming back to the definition of the word, really, because 
you know, um, it can be really whatever you want it to be. Um, I, I just think it gets overused. When you hear about stories like Dick Hill there, and also we've just touched on Joe Wilson, we're going to come back later in my choice of midfield to Bill Voicey, we've mentioned on previous shows. Legend starts to take on a different um, hue when you think they've been through the, the fields of Flanders in the in the Great War or, or the Second World War or something, you know. <laughs> quite hard to compare that with uh, drinking past somebody in, on, a, on a Saturday afternoon, really, isn't it? But um, I've also gone for two more modern-day players, um, much maligned players and names in some ways. Um, but I've, I've gone for Alan Dunn. Um, and the reason I've gone for Alan Dunn is 300, 390 appearances, 23 goals, player of the season in 2010, Member of the squad of 2001-2, to um, near miss season, um, as a youngster, obviously. But a member of that uh, playoff winning side of uh, 2010 um, at Wembley. Um, much blind. I never understood, Neil, why Alan Dunn caught so much stick. And as soon as you mention his name, people snort or they, they say, how oh, could you put him into a legend side? But those numbers and those achievements... Um, whatever whatever people may think of him as a player, um, he gave us 100% every game. I never saw Alan uh, Dunn hired in a game, did uh, you? Um, what, <laughs> what I'm did you, to did. say here, I'm not a member of the fully paid up member of the Alan Dunn fan club, am I? <laughs> Let's be honest. Yeah, yeah, in much the same way that Harry needs convincing right. that Gary Ramey is a decent mobile <laughs> manager. Uh, all right, well, I mean, 390 appearances says something it's because that's covering um, yeah, it's a lot. Managers. Uh, it's, it's different managers. Not the most gifted player, almost certainly. Uh, he wouldn't be anywhere near my list, but each to their own. Uh, I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm trying not to revert to type because we're not. Uh, he, he he served the club magnificently well. Yeah, he put me on Twitter, I think, still. So All right. let's, let's, let's settle for that. Let's settle for that. Um, I I didn't mind Dunny. Um, I know that he, he inspires reaction. Um, but all I'd say to the listeners is if. If that's not the most mill thing of all, I don't know what is because um, everyone everyone's got their opinion. Let's just leave it there. And the similar for Tony Craig. Um, what was that? Three four three spells, uh, three hundred odd games, three hundred twenty two games, ten goals. Um, in a similar way, Neil. Um, again, I'm sure the things that people have said about Dunn, they may say about Tony Craig. Um, Member of, uh, of of the uh, playoff winning side in twenty ten, um, a bit of an embodiment of Millwall. Is that fair, or how do you see Craig in, in comparison? Uh, to a better player, uh, somebody who mm. I think he wouldn't be far away from your list of a Millwall legend, but not a legend in the sense of one of our great players, but. Everything that Millwall stands for, no, no. in much the same way as probably Harry Cripps. Yeah, not a brilliant player, but everything that stands for Millwall that, or yeah, that a Millwall player should be, somebody who goes out with his with his heart on his sleeve, chases every ball, 
goes in for every tackle, every header, never flinches, gives you 110%. I wouldn't argue, if I hadn't put Dick Hill in uh, for my left back, Mm. or for my second left back, could easily have made a case for Tony Craig. And and, and if somebody said to me, Um... Tony Craig is a mill legend, as you are here, I wouldn't argue with it. Alan Dunn, I'd argue till the cows come on that he shouldn't be anywhere near a Millwall Legends squad, yeah? But, but, Tony Craig, I think is a different case in pointing out. Maybe I'm just wearing blinkers. Maybe somebody can, maybe somebody can be. No, what it, what it is, I, I think, I mean, there, there are certain names, probably the further back in the past you go, some names become like um, they're iconic names, and I think there's an agreement. Much of what we've we've come up with here, I think listeners would probably come up with similar names. There may be one or two differences. I think the closer you are to recent players, recent history, if you want, the more you feel personally uh, invested in that, and it becomes kind of um, I don't know. You put your own personal uh, view on on it. It's one of the downfalls of trying to produce a list like this because whatever you produce, somebody else will say, "Oh, you're talking bollocks." You know. Um, I can, I can, I can understand those that uh, that will veer away from some of the choices we've both made one when you have. I mean, obviously the Victorian Edwardian era players. Um, no one can really <laughs> query now because it's so far in the past. But recent players, no. I mean, people bring their own. Um, takes on on individuals, of course. I loved Tony Craig. He came back to us. Um, was it one of his one of his, uh, his third spell when he was playing um, somewhere? He just put a solid challenge on a player, and after a period of fairly weak, you know, willy uh, kind of willy nilly kind of play, and then suddenly he just felt like you had a proper middle defender back in the side. Some that cared, and. I remember almost being quite emotionally touched by the fact that he put this solid uh, challenge on a player and sent him into the into the, the you know the side stand. Um, so Tony Craig for me um, is falling into the category of being in a Mill Legends squad. Um... Achtung, Millwall. There we are. Let's move into the midfield. Let's move into the midfield, Neil. Um, again, some names here will be fairly. Um, Common. I was just looking at your list here. You've gotten for names that I've also gone for here. Terry Herlock, an embodiment of the of the club and a member of a classic iconic side, eighty seven, eighty eight. Hard to veer away. Absolutely. Uh, anybody that never saw him play, Warlock, I think was his nickname, wasn't it? And uh, that summed Warlock. up Terry Herlock, didn't he? he was yeah. ready to go to war every time he. He steps out onto that pitch. I don't know what he was like in training, if he was as bad in training as he was on the pitch. <laughs> Christ almighty. But no, everything that Millwall stands for, with considerable ability as well. This is a guy yeah. who just didn't go around kicking people. A very quick story about Terry yeah. Herlock. I refereed many years ago and uh, turned up to do a game at Wadham Lodge 2. And uh, in the Forest and District Sunday League, a, a game involving Chingford Sirloin, which is a big pub in Chingford, which was run by Terry Herlock's brother. 
and the said Terry Herlock turned out for Chingford Sirloin in this game that I refereed. And uh, I just say that, uh, that he couldn't be bothered to run anymore. Uh, he <laughs> raked his studs down the back of this kid and thought, uh, oh, I'm going to have to book one of my heroes here. And uh, the kid said, oh, don't, 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 don't. He just said, I've just been kicked by Terry Erlock. He said, yeah, it's the greatest thing that's ever happened to me on a Sunday morning. And what could you say to that? Apart from Terence, these moody tackles have got to stop, mate. And uh, uh, His uh, pace had uh, gone. His I don't think gone. I handed in the oh, match dear. card for that game. I think I've actually got it somewhere because Terry Erlock had signed it. <laughs> <laughs> Sunday pub football. I don't know. I don't know what a what a story that is. Um, but no, I mean the we, we've touched on this a few times previous show. The epitome of Millwall, um, and for that reason alone, a club legend. Not many appearances compared with many of the other players we've talked about. One hundred and thirty eight appearances, ten goals, but a crucial linchpin of the most successful Mill team of all time. Won promotion, 87-88 as champions of Division 2 and then played us into our highest ever league position of 10th in 88-89. Uh, um, for that reason alone, he goes in the Legends um, legends book. Um, I've also got, um, I think you've also got Les Briley there, uh, Neil, as well. Um, different kind of player, but equally tough, actually. Les, Les was deceiving, wasn't he? Um, what a midfield that was, Erdogan and Briley. And Les was no slouch actually when it came to midfield tackling. He just didn't have the um, the, the kind of godlike aura of Terry Herlock, did he? The Viking kind That's of. That's right, but another seven, eight team. out of ten most weeks, wasn't he? Um, yeah, well, I'm not saying that he would Absolutely. start again, but he would be a more than useful player to have in and around your squad because there's a good chance that that Herlock would be banned every other week. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> in modern football, and uh, and he's just somebody that if you're picking a squad of Millwall players, to my mind, Les Briley, our leader in that greatest ever achievement, yeah, by a Millwall side, and that's to or squad, and that's to get promoted to the promised land. To the top flight, the top flight. has to be in there. Has to be in your squad, without any shadow of a doubt. Along with somebody, who I think we both probably put in, and that's Jimmy Abdu. Jimmy Abdu, yeah. Not the most gifted player in the world, but what an engine! If that boy could have passed a football, <laughs> he would not <laughs> at Plymouth Argyle. And at uh, Millwall. No, uh, no. Um, the thing with Jimmy, um, 2008 to 2016, 346 appearances for us. So he's he's up there in the the high on the, the high table of appearances. Nine goals, including one crucial one at Ellen Road, which none of us will ever forget. Member of the uh, promotion side of 2010. Um, the thing with Jimmy really was that. Um, yeah, you're, you're, you're right. He, he wasn't the most skillful player, but he, he epitomised Millwall's willingness to keep on fighting back all the time. He 
the number of times I remember seeing him lose a ball, pass the ball badly, and he was straight back in front of the man almost instantly. He he did never he did not ever give it up, did he? And I think that's what endeared him. And in, in um, one of the first impressions I ever had of Harry Cripps was how much love there was, and it's an odd word to use in football terms. Um, but there's also a deep love of Jimmy Abdu for the same reason that they were not skilled players particularly, but they were endlessly willing, endlessly game. And that's what really um, stands out for me with Jimmy Abdu. Still a much loved figure at the club to this day. Yeah, but it's ironic that you mention love because a friend of mine, who I think you know, mm. uh, Henshaw on Twitter, yeah. actually, yeah, but actually loves Jimmy Abdu more than he loves his own family. <laughs> And I'm petrified to that. Yeah, <laughs> I sat next to him up in the up in the East Upper for God knows how many years. Yeah, and his love for Jimmy Abdu knows no bounds. I'm not saying he doesn't love his wife, children, and grandchildren, but but he actually loves Jimmy Abdu more. <laughs> Um, just looking at your list here, you've you've gone for a player that I, I included and took out. Unfortunately, it's one of the, one of my um, favourite players, and it hurt me to take him out. That's Alex Ray. Um, Two hundred fifty six games between nineteen ninety and ninety six, seventy one goals, and bloody old Neil Howe. What I would not give to have a, a young Alex Ray take the field for us against Preston this coming Saturday. He was a game changing player, um, and I loved watching Alex Ray. Yeah. We don't get enough goals from centre midfield, but Alex Ray was one of those players who could score a goal. Uh, it, it, it actually pains me, or pained me, when I saw him in the Reading dugout, yeah, yeah. Uh, working alongside Ince. I don't know if he got sacked the other day when Ince... Oh, I imagine they cleared them all out of Ince's regime. Yeah. yeah, I'd imagine. Yeah. But somebody who I had the pleasure of doing a podcast with... Yeah. In lockdown, what a lovely guy! Loves still, still loves Millwall. Uh, just so approachable, and uh, somebody still very highly respected by people who are a lot younger than us, but would have just been coming into who. Uh, what the nineties? When did he play? Nin- Nine, early nineties, yeah, under uh, Bruce Rioch and then uh, then Mick McCarthy. Um, very very hard to make a case for him not being in it. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I, I take the point. I, I I had him on the list and I raised him in favour of a player. I'll come and mention already, Bill Voicey, and I thought for different reasons. I've got to include Bill in our list of legends for different reasons. Really, um, Alex would uh, leave us. Obviously, um, he did. He, played for Sunderland and Wolves, and won a Scottish Premier League title with Glasgow Rangers. Um, and he's now he's still, he's still he's working working at Reading. You mentioned that, so he's still around in the football scene. So I think maybe he's one of these players that's retained his profile in the game. Uh, maybe that's why people younger fans might well think highly of him for for those reasons alone. Um, for similar reasons, now we've both got um, another player, another central midfield goal scoring dynamo. The one and only uh, Tim Cahill, and like Alex Ray, Tim Cahill for me is it was another game-changing midfielder. Um, something we haven't seen enough of in recent times. He was just a dynamic, wonderful, wonderful player. Uh, Nineteen ninety-eight to two thousand four, two hundred and sixty games, fifty-eight goals. Member of the two thousand two thousand one. 
promotion winning side, never to be forgotten, and of course an FA Cup finalist in 2004. Um, wonderful player. Had an ability to hang in the air and score headed goals like no one I've seen before or since. I think deserves to be in here on sheer merit, but also, if only for that FA Cup semi-final goal. <laughs> <laughs> uh, if you can include an iconic Millwall moment, uh, Tim Cahill, probably the... F- I'm going to say he's probably the finest player Millwall have had in the last... Well, since Sheringham, since Sheringham, I agree with that. Yeah, 20, 30 years. Yeah. Has to be. Absolutely has to be. And people that want, that use Jed Wallace as a legend. Yeah. <laughs> he he isn't fit to lace the boots of Tim Cahill. No. Jed, Jed, Jed was a very good player, but he's gone and he's not going to come back. And that's that's kind of he he, he doesn't he, he never had. I mean, we also got to remember Tim Cahill played for his country and went on to achieve great things with Australia in World Cups. And he moved on to Everton after he left us and became a as he was with us. He became an iconic figure there and um, moved on around. He played with some of the best players in the world, and um, you know. The fact he came back just to end his career says speaks volumes for the the love the evident love he still has for the club and I think the a lot of this you know a lot of these players retain that emotion towards Millwall it's a very special special place in that way um, but yeah I mean I can't Tim, Tim it's a special I think if you loved at Millwall you loved yeah. There's no middle ground. No. If you are loved, you are seriously, you feel that love. Yes. If, yeah, if you're not liked... You'll know all about you're, it. Yeah. yeah. You know all about it. There's no middle ground. You're either loved or hated, aren't you? There's no... Yeah, I think, about it. I think, <laughs> I think Zian Fleming is the beneficiary of that love at the moment because he... With the, I mean, obviously, he's very early on into his career, so that could change. But... Um, you know, we, we take to some players, we, and I think the club have taken to, to Zian. Um, in a way, there's this almost irrational, we like you, we don't like you. Oliver Burke is not so much, but Zian is. And it's can often be quite irrational in that way, um, club like Mill, but uh, there we are. Um, let's move us along. Um, you put Posse on the right wing in there when you're, you're midfield. Derek Posse on the right wing. Um, I had him as a striker. Um I wouldn't, I wouldn't, wouldn't disagree. I suppose you're looking to make a proper squad. I've just gone for names, really. Um, Derek Posse on the right wing, one time, a club record goal scorer, and of course, maybe on a 71 72 squad, Seven, 67 to 73. He broke my heart when he signed for Crystal Palace as a youngster. Yeah, but it would have done. Uh, still, a, still a, you speak to Brian King about the Poss, mm. and here I have the Poss down as probably the best player he ever played with. I'm almost certain of it. Yeah. And uh, you speak to people of your era yeah. and older, and the POS is right up there. The POS is right up there as one of the best players this glorious club has ever had. And you have to, you have to find a way of putting him in. In that squad, similarly, I've gone for Jimmy Carter as a backup right winger. Wonderful winger, Jimmy Carter, member of the 87-88 squad and the First Divisions days. So, um... Can you imagine how many goals 
we would score now with Jimmy Carter whipping the ball over from the right wing, although we'd need somebody in the middle. <laughs> <laughs> we would do. We, we'd need a Teddy or a Cass in the in, in the middle. Um, yeah. Yeah, well, Bogey might actually score one or two goals. Matt Smith would have been the highest goal scorer in the, in the division if he'd still been around with Jimmy Carter kind of feeding him. Um, yeah, I mean, wonderful. Two, two spells for the club, obviously, 86 uh, to 91 being the main one, the promotion-winning one, and then he would come back very late in his career, 1998, 99. 149 games, 13 goals for Jimmy Carter. Um, yeah, Championship, didn't he, with Arsenal? He, and, did, uh, he did, yeah. Liverpool, and for Liverpool, yeah, yep. And Pompey, so yeah. So, is is another player there on merit, in my view? Absolutely, absolutely. Um, I, I just to get, I'm going to try and veer between the two lists. Um, I'm going to come back to Neil's one. He's gone for Jimmy Carter, as we've said. I included Eamon Dunphy, and the reason I included Eamon Dunphy, um. He played for us between 65 and 74, so it would have been in promotion there, I think, 65, 66. Uh, 300 games, uh, 303 games <clears throat> for Eamon Dunphy, 18 goals. A very, very skilled midfielder, very classy midfielder. Um, something of a difficult character, I'd imagine. Um, so maybe for that reason, not loved in the way that others have been loved. But uh, Republic of Ireland um, international, 22 caps, I think. He was our record cap, most cap player for many, many years. Um, and a member of the 71-72 squad. So um, I included him, and that might cause some out there to um, sputter their tea or coffee when they hear the, the podcast. But I thought it was right to include him um, on the, on this list. Um, many might not car probably as some people are probably driving yeah yeah well, then again i think they're already wrapped around a lamppost of your choice of alan Dunn. i'm going to wrap them around the next lamppost in a moment but i just wanted to mention him and dunphy because um he would go on to become a noted author and journalist and controversial um tv and radio star i think he does his own podcast now which um some will, will take to and some won't um I, I, I've always kind of liked difficult characters. <laughs> I've always retained a bit of um, a bit of a soft spot for him. Um, I'm also going to mention another name that will, will get people spluttering, which is David Livermore. Um, and the reason I mentioned David Livermore, who was much um, maligned in the same way as some of the other players I've mentioned in my squad, um, 312 appearances, 1990. I'm member of the 2001 um, Championship winning squad, member of the FA Cup final side. And he went to Europe with us, 14 goals, and was player of the season one year, which I didn't note down. Um, so many, many will say, what, what on earth, Nick's lost his mind. But um, he was the archetypal water carrier and a great servant to the club because he came back as um, Neil Harris's sidekick manager, didn't he? I think probably the only man who's ever won a player of the year award and been booed. <laughs> He divided opinion, and I, I, I never, I never quite know yeah, why. All honesty, I mean, you know, if, if if getting booed is based on a lack of skill, well, there's a lot of players that would be booed in the Millwall shirt, and I, I never quite got it. Uh, unless there's something else knocking around that I don't know about, um, I can never quite understand what the problem was with Livermore because he was not the best in the midfield. Don't think I'm no totally off my trolley, listener. 
but um, it gave 100%. And if we're looking at major figures, then his contribution in, in, in some landmark moments, Neil, should earn him that place, shouldn't it? I mean, FA Cup finalist and championship, um, third division championship medal holder and played in Europe in a middle show. I don't know you can have him in in place of Alex Ray. I've got to be honest. Well, I, had, yeah. I did have Ray in there. Um, yeah. And I've also got Dennis Dennis Burnett as a member of the 71-72 squad, uh, 67 to 75. Um, close, a near miss, near, near miss year. But he also, I think, represented the FA. Uh, it's not quite an England cap, as we've said a few times. Um, but, yeah. Uh, now, you've also included... Um, J.R. Smith, who I think was one of our England caps, if memory serves. Yeah, Reggie Smith. We spoke about him in our last... Uh, we did. In our last uh, history show. Uh, England international. Very, very good player in his day. Yeah. And I'm, I approach this from a, from a squad point of view. Yeah. It's probably slightly different to the way you've done it. But uh, I needed two left wingers, and I thought it was very difficult not to make a case for him and Gordon Hill, uh, Merlin. Great, great player. Um, yeah, I mean, if you're looking at it from the squad point of view, I, I, I get that. Um, Gordon was not with us for terribly long. I'm just reading about Reg, Reg Smith here, listeners, 1935 to 1946. So large chunk was six years of the Second World War um, would be in the middle of that. 138 games, 26 goals, born in Battersea, um, and um, served in the RAF during the Second World War. Uh, lifted the Third Division South title in 19, uh, 1937, 36, 37, I think. Reached an FA Cup semi-final. Yeah, yeah. And would have been part of a team that was primed to go on and do great things, but obviously Adolf Hitler heard about the great things being... Uh, the Millwall. Being, Mr Hitler got involved in it, didn't he? Yeah. yeah, but Hitler and his mates heard about this great Millwall squad that was being put together and uh, <laughs> and decided to invade Poland and start a world war to stop us. <laughs> talk, talk about a conspiracy. Talk about a conspiracy. Um, no, good choice. I mean, obviously, we're going back into the 1930s again, listeners, and some will say it's kind of difficult to make comparisons, but he served, uh, uh, Reg served in the RAF um, and um, won two caps for England. So, you know, that, that certainly puts him in the in the legendary category, in my opinion. And the other name I've mentioned already on the show, in a similar vein, really, was um, Bill Voisey. Um, who quite apart from any footballing consideration, middle player, but holds the Belgian Croix de Guerre and the military medal for his actions in uh, Flanders in 1917. 242 appearances, um, eight goals for, for Millwall, and there was an England cap. Um, so I've put Bill Voisey in there just because I think uh, those achievements kind of outweigh um, somebody else who's you know, done well on a football field, but, you know, to, to, to make those achievements on the battlefield, I think, just kind of gives you a bit of a boost in, in, in the legendary stakes, you know. Played our played in our first ever Football League match against Bristol Rovers. Yeah. After we left the Southern League, uh, went on to a trainer to the Great Britain side in the Berlin Olympics. Well, maybe if he'd have had all 
Yebley's wits about him, he could have Yebley could have actually saved us a world war. Solved the problem. Yeah, yeah. But well, no, I've, I've included Bill Voicey. Um yeah, I mean Alex Rowe probably could have put him back in again on, on reflection, but you have to you have to take a decision at some point. And it's a bit of fun, listeners, at the end of the day. Um Bill Voicey, CDG and military medal, MM. Achtung, Mailball. Um, let's move up front, Neil. We've got some strikers to that we've both come up with similar names. You've, um, I imagine this is the, the club historians also come up with one from um, the uh, the past. We've both gone for Jack Cock, um, and we've mentioned him on one of our previous podcasts. Also, another military medal holder from the First World War, Jack Cock. Yeah, one of one of the great interwar players. Uh, interwar being between. World War One and World War Two, uh, England international, very very difficult to pick a Millwall squad and not have Jack Cock in there. Record goal scorer for many many years, I believe as well. Yeah, um, yeah, he was. Uh, Nineteen twenty-seven to thirty-one, he played for Lions. He'd be, he'd had a career around various clubs. I think he'd played for Chelsea, one that sticks out in my mind. Um, but he was a member of the 1927-28 third division championship season. Which broke many, many records, including I think the um, the club record victory. I think we had two teams: was it Coventry and Torquay. We beat nine one. Um, you know, we were in short order in, in that season. It was a, it was a, a record breaking season, and Jack Cock was uh, a striking mainstay of, of that side. And he came to us quite late in his career, comparatively, Neil, hadn't he? Um, because he'd been he'd done the rounds obviously before coming to Mill, but uh, a wonderful servant when he did come to the Den. Yes, absolutely, and uh, went on to become manager. Yeah, manager. In the dark days of the Second World War, and gave us a bit of a steadying influence. Has to be in any Millwall legends, even if you haven't heard of him. Yeah. Uh, Take it from those people that know this guy was... A major, major name, major name, yeah. I I, I agree. Quite a coup to have signed him as well at the time. Absolutely, absolutely. Now, I'd included Posse as a striker, so we're going to pass by um, Derek Posse. We've both agreed on Teddy Sheringham. And um, for me, if you were to ask me, they were the best Millwall player outfield mill player I've ever seen. I think I'd have to go with Teddy Sheringham. 1983 to 91, 262 appearances, 111 goals, member of the classic 87-88 championship winning side and, and obviously on into um, into the first division and stuck around listeners, younger listeners, he stuck around when we got relegated to try and shoot us back into the top flight. I I know that people take the piss, Neil, about how he, wherever he went, he was a boyhood fan of that club, Colchester, West Ham, wherever, Spurs, you know. But for those... Yeah, that's press at press all, talk, I think. Um, for those achievements alone, Teddy is, for me, the best player I think I've ever seen in the Millwall show in terms of skill as well as achievement. On the, you know. Yeah, Millwall always needs a pantomime villain, don't we, for... <laughs> Yeah, when they get these Dockers days back and uh, Terry Sheringham <laughs> certainly was the pantomime villain when it was their turn. I think he took it in. He takes in good heart, doesn't he? Yeah, he's, yeah. He's... Uh, but, but, but forget the fact that he played for for West Ham and he allegedly had always wanted to play for West Ham and 
They were his boyhood club. This guy was a seriously good striker for us. Seriously good striker when he won a treble with Manchester United. Treble. <laughs> it tells you everything you need to know about this guy. He was he was magnificent. England international took us close in nineteen ninety six uh, European Championships. Um, wonderful, wonderful player. And um, if you're not putting him in your legends squad, listeners, well, wobble, wobble your head. As they say, we've both got him on our list here. Now I'm also also seeing you've put Cass in there, Cascarino, along alongside him. I presume, from a squad point of view, rather than um, overall um, achievement with Mill, but he was a great striker, Cass. Yeah, from a squad point of view, I was trying to build a squad, and uh, I was starting to lose the will to live by now. <laughs> I know the feeling. <laughs> I got to that point. I think I said David Livermore crept into my midfield. Um, uh, 128 games, 48 goals. Great striker, Cass. I mean, he was, you know, he, he, he was a great servant and still speaks very fondly of the club. He, we, we did a show with him a while ago. Yeah. Um, you know, he, he loved to talk to Millwall fans and he's um, he's just a nice bloke, isn't he, Cass Carina? Yeah, if you're going to have a squad, I think you've got to have him in there purely because of his partnership with Teddy Sheringham. In in much the same way as I put another one in, uh, which we'll come on to. But I think if you're talking about Millwall legends, you've got to have Mr. Harris in there, haven't you? Uh, well, for me, yes, you do. Um, if, if In terms of Millwall legend, I mean, I've, I've said Teddy's the best player that I've ever seen, in my opinion, and I stand by that. But if you want me to name a Mill legend. Um, I think we reached this conclusion in the previous show we did, Neil, and that, that was that there's only three real names in that sentence. That's Neil Harris, Harry Kitch, and Harry uh, uh, Harry Cripps. Um, Neil Harris, 430 games, 138 goals, club record goal scorer, two promotions, and uh, an FA Cup finalist. Um, and then went on to manage us to a promotion in, um, in 2017. So, Quite hard to see past that contribution, really, isn't it? And he was a very, very good striker when he was young. Really, I, I really thought he was going to go to the full distance top flight when he first appeared. I absolutely agree. If it hadn't have been for cancer and one or two other things, probably yeah. would have he he. I don't think would have hung on to him for much longer. And you've also got that iconic moment of uh, his first goal back after cancer. At Watford. Against Watford. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That is one of the iconic Millwall images. I think we need to do a iconic Millwall images show at some point. But you're right. I think that's a good idea because that, that image of um, Bomber being lifted up by his teammates to the adulation of the travelling mill sport that day is... <clears throat> Is an iconic one, as, as as you say. So yeah, Neil Neil Harris, dear listeners, any any decent list of Millwall legends must include Neil Harris. Now, there's a, there's a name here that you've included on your list here, Neil. This I'm going to gather from the historians, John Calvey, a name I do remember from one of our previous shows, um, pre pre First World War striker. Yeah, another one that I tried to look upon it in an historical point of view. Uh, just purely, I've included him for 98 goals in 152 appearances. Two goals. <laughs> struck great. Yeah. yeah that is, right. if you're building a squad, that's the kind of player that really 
should be in. Playing for Millwall between 1895 and 1899, then 1904 to 1905. Just somebody that, just for the strike rate alone... Uh, Absolutely, absolutely. Um, he won an England cap in 1902 um, for... Uh, that would be, wouldn't have been playing for Millwall at the time, but he was a cap by England against Ireland in Belfast. Um, and, um, yeah, hundred just short of 100 goals in 152 games is, is an incredible, incredible strike record. And it does um, be in there just purely for... You're you back at the time Millwall were in the Southern League and... And if and you could move between the Southern League and Football League, yeah. and uh, set himself up in a hotel in an East Midlands hotel, and invited clubs to come and make him offers <laughs> to go and play in the Football League, which I believe Nottingham Forest won said bidding war, which I think just for that alone deserves to be in there, doesn't he? It sounds like he had style. I like that style. Um, after knee injury forced his retirement, listeners, this would be 1905, I guess. He became a stevedore, which is like a docker, residing in Aberfeldy Street in Poplar until he died age 60. Oh, yeah. do not call a stevedore a docker. For no, like you are going to create history walls here. They do not like being called. Oh, Nicholas, 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 what have you gone and done? You're about to get us cancelled. I mean, seriously cancelled. You're going to have. Yeah, you're going to have people throwing rocks and God knows what else. I'm going to, I'm going to, while we, as we're on the phone, I've just literally had to go and get some water because my voice was giving up on me, listeners. A stevedore, this is according to Wikipedia, that reliable source of information, also called a longshoreman, is a docker or a dock worker, is a waterfront manual labourer who is involved in loading or unloading ships, trucks, trains or airplanes. Let's call them longshoremen. That sounds a bit more glamorous and US-based, doesn't it? It's uh, something out of... uh... Yeah, but they saw themselves as a cut above, I think, unless somebody wants to prove... uh... Fair play, fair play. Well, I'm sorry to any listening stevedores um, <laughs> if, I've, if, I've, if I've dissed you there. I didn't mean to. Um, so, yeah, there we are, John Calvey. And just to conclude our, our squad, we've both agreed on the final choice, which is one Steve Morrison, Neil. Um, I was saying in the um, the live show we did the other day um, how you it's easy to take for granted what you've got at the time. It's only in retrospect you appreciate what you've had. And I think in Steve Morrison, across, what was that, three spells between 2009 and 19, three different spells, um, 336 appearances, 92 goals. It's very easy to take for granted players at the time that you don't appreciate um, just how good they were. And he was a very, very good striker for Steve Morrison. Promotion winner in 2010 and then again in 2017, of course. Yeah, I've included a modern... He he was my modern, modern player. Uh, apart from Jimmy Abdu, of course. But somebody that I think history will treat rather well in, in an historical context with Millwall. That first spell he had with us, once he hit... Once he found his feet... In the yep. football league, he really was a magnificent striker, probably one of the best. I've seen yeah. along with Harris uh, and Teddy, of course, but uh, a fine, fine player. 
Yeah, agree. Um, and a, and a very skillful striker, and especially in his earlier days. What I admired about Steve Morrison, and to some extent, um, Teddy Sheringham showed this in later on in his career, is that they, as the legs start to give out under you, they'd substitute guile for power and, and speed if it, if it was ever quick. But um, it would be a very intelligent player, and he was, he was um, you know, a first choice pick. And as I said a few times now, I, I think it's easy to take for granted what you've got sometimes. And it's not till they're gone that they, you really miss these players. And my word, we, we miss Steve Morrison at the moment when we can't score a goal for, for Toffee from five open play, five games now. But anyway, there we are. It's a different different subject. Um, there we are, Neil. And I think we've covered quite a few legend figures. No Jed Wallace, sadly. Younger TikTok listeners, if you're listening, you don't hear Jed in that uh, legendary squad then. I think we've given a, a good range of names and I hope whether you agree or you disagree with those choices that between Neil and I, we've we've given some structure and some justification behind the choices. Agree or disagree with some of them. Yeah, no, absolutely. If, if, if there are people out there that want to come on and uh, convince us or even disagree with our choices, if somebody, if, if there are two or three people that do want to come on, let us know. And yeah, we'll happily do a round table. Sort of and if somebody does want to convince me that that offer of, uh, of going with pronouns does stand, but it, it does. <laughs> yeah, but to my mind, there's no way, there's no way, shape or form. You can say that, Jed Wallace makes this squad. I think, <laughs> and yeah. and this squad is a Millwall Legends squad. And you're not talking. Oh yeah, no, but he's a legend. No, you don't have a hundred and one legends, do you? It's just you shouldn't do. No, you should have a select band. It's a modern day phenomenon that everybody has to be a legend. Neil, it's been a pleasure, mate. I've enjoyed doing this. This is Aaron. Well, we've got we've got some we've got some editing to do on this to bring it down, but um, good good show, mate. I've enjoyed it. Thank you very much, Neil Fissler. Yeah, no, mate. Great. Yeah, but it's just great to spend an hour just talking about these fantastic players of our club and I know these history shows are liked and there wasn't an awful lot to talk about without yeah without uh, traumatizing oneself about no, without, city account. without repeating ourselves as well we, we did a great live show the other day actually I enjoyed that I might do some more of those before the uh, the season's out that was quite good but you, you can easily repeat yourself going over and over the same things but uh, there we are, dear listeners. Thank you for listening to this edition of Achtung Millwall. We'll be back uh, next week. Until then, from Neil, it's uh, good night from me. And it's good night from me. And uh, not the Millwall I know for including Alan Dunn in your show. You're <laughs> on your list. Achtung Millwall. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen 
premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns.